So, here we are for another special episode of the Sim Sundays podcast. We've had Matt Sten from Track Racer, Stefan Vidal from D-Box, and now I'm incredibly lucky to be joined by Senior Business Development Manager and Head of Esports at BWT Alpine F1 team, Guillaume Vernias. Welcome. Hello. It's a lot of sponsors to say, but uh, good to meet you, man. I know. We've... Um, I was just saying this uh, before we started. It, I had a bit of an experience in the last 10, 15 minutes. That's like when the F1 drivers are doing their interview and you have the person that stood there with like their phone or their recorder being yeah. like, don't say that, say this, say that, remember this sponsor. Exactly. Uh, and we've just been through that process ourselves. So I'm going to do my best. Uh, we'll get through it. So, Guillaume, for the benefit of the listeners, where are we? So we are at the F1 factory of Alpine. Um, it's where we build the chassis, where we have the race team. It's Enstone, so it's a bit in the middle of nowhere, north of Oxfordshire. And uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. We got like uh, 800 employees, around 850 employees actually uh, here. And we have another factory uh, in France, in south of Paris, where we build the power train. And over there, we have around 500 employees. So that's a lot of people for two cars a year. But that's Formula One for you. Yeah, I mean, I'd heard the numbers of the amount of people that work uh, in F1 teams, but now I've seen it. Um, you were kind enough to give me a tour around the factory. Now that I've seen it and I fully get the scale of it, well, I think I do. I probably don't. I've probably only seen the tip of the iceberg, um, but it is incredible. And even pulling into the car park, I just saw a load of guys walking past in Alpine tops. And I was like, oh, my God, they're like real Alpine people. <laughs> and, then, and then since then, you've shown me around all the workshops and all the design centers yeah. and yeah, it has been a bit of a, a life-changing moment um, that I will talk about forever. But this is your office, right? Like, yeah. How long did it take before you were kind of like, okay, this is just the office. I'm not going to keep staring at the cars every lunchtime. Uh, I guess you, you just don't realize it. I mean, you, you're still like amazed when, you know, you go on holidays and come back after two weeks or a month or something like this. You come back. Even, even when we came back after the pandemics from working from home, going back to the factory is always like something special special and even if you've been working there 10 years 15 years you're gonna learn something new every day there's something someone's gonna talk about that's completely new and so you were like wow okay i didn't know that even if i've been working in f1 for 10 years or something like this so it's always special even even at the races like you're still a child but you are in work <laughs> mode yeah. You know, like it's work mode activated. Some so, serious conflict right there. So, so you're just hosting people. You just focus on your job and you are in your, you know, your work shoes. And you, you still have like this kid voice inside of you that say, wow, it's amazing. Wow, I love it. So I've been watching Formula One since I'm three years old. So it's always great. But you are in work mode over there. So I was recently speaking to a friend um, who used to work in F1 and has been invited to a Grand Prix as a guest. And he says, like, I'm not used to be like this. I'm used to host people in the garage. I'm not used to just relax and enjoy the yeah. experience. And, yeah, that's that's something, you know, that's how people do it, uh, basically. Well, well, we'll come on to what it's like being in the garage and around the paddock as part of the team uh, later on. But first, I kind of want to go back in time a bit because... You have an incredible role now at Alpine and you kind of live and breathe it and you're in this incredible space and it's, you know, it's it's a massive achievement. But we met last week at a networking event in London and you told me the pretty incredible story of how you came to work at Alpine. So tell us a bit about what you're doing before Alpine and then tell us that story of how you've ended up here. 
Yeah, so basically when I started my studies in business, um, I had a master's degree in, in, in business. So I went to business school in France. Um, I wanted to go in F1. So that was like my target. So to anybody who wants to work in F1, if you want to work in F1 hard enough, you're going to make it. I don't, I don't know anybody that wanted to work in F1 their whole life, never managed to do it. I'm, you're going you're gonna to make it. If you want it hard enough, you're going to make it. So um, I started to uh, look for internship. That was part of my degree. Um, and I got uh, hired by a Renault Sport back in the day. So I was walked, working on the World Series by Renault. So uh, Formula 3.5, um, Euro Cup, Formula Renault 2.0. At the time, London Norris was driving in this series, uh, Carlos Sense as well. Uh, so it, it's interesting. It was interesting. I was doing mainly event management. And then I um, I needed to make another, to do another internship. So um, I one of my friends called me and said, oh, there's, a, there's an internship at... Uh, Renault F1 team uh, in in the south of Paris. Casually, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's the ex uh, PSG uh, sponsorship director who's now working at Renault F1 team. He's advertising an internship role on Twitter. So I'm like, I'm not using Twitter at all at the time. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm creating an account. I have to answer to this guy. So I send this guy an email, uh, a message on Twitter and saying like, hey, I'm free now. I've been doing this before. Do you want to have a chat? And so these guys reply to me, I think like it takes yeah, a few hours, replies to me, are you free next Monday? And I tell him no, because I'm, <laughs> I'm in Mugello uh, for the 12 hour of Mugello. I'm doing volunteering with um, actually a Dutch company um, that does the 20, 24 hour series. So I was doing volunteering on events at there with its GT3 competitions basically and I told him no I can't do it because I'm on a motorsport event I'm I'm available next week so I'm just, I was like stressed because I thought <laughs> like oh shit I'm I'm losing I'm losing a, a big opportunity there I said like oh it's fine like let's let's do that and yeah I got I got the internship and then I had to make another internship but this time abroad so they asked if it was possible to do it in um Enstone in the UK and yeah, partly I did a good job. So, yeah, now I've been five years working in F1, so that's I mean, cool, yeah. It, uh, yeah, it's kind of incredible. If you speak to a lot of people about their, their summer internships while they're at university, then they might, you know, I worked in a, in a shop or my uncle works at a bank and I did that. But it sounds like you exclusively only worked in incredibly cool internships. Well, you need to put the work in there. If you if you put the work in advance in what you want to do instead of like waiting the the week before the internship starts, <laughs> you're gonna get something cool. Uh, but it takes time. It's it's it took me a long time before yeah. getting all of this. It does it doesn't get uh, as easy as that. Um, so tell us about the esports role because that didn't exist, right? As I understand no. it, you you almost pitched your current role to. Alpine and you said look this is this is the future of 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 esports this is where it's going and Alpine should should be in this space and and you had experience in it so tell us about that process what was it like saying to a company as big as Alpine you ought to be doing this and I can make it happen so I I'm passionate about motorsport I always wanted to do motorsport but I'm also a gamer I'm I'm really bad at gaming but 
I'm, I'm enjoying doing it. So I used to play League of Legends, StarCraft 2. Uh, that's how I discovered like a bit more about esports. And so when I started my internship in Paris, actually, there were like uh, questions around like the uh, Formula One going to do like the F1 esports series. So we 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 work on this, and my manager said like you know this is like the strategy that we have in the, perhaps in esports. We want to look at this team, this team, and that team. And I heard like Team Vitality at the time. So that's a news through League of Legends. And I told him like, oh, we absolutely need to speak to Team Vitality because we need like an, a kind of esport team to help us, um, you know, driving value in the F1 esports series. And it was something completely new for all the Formula One teams at the time. So that's how um, I helped like Renault Sports becoming a sponsor of Team Vitality and creating Renault Vitality team. So that team was operating on F1 Esports Series as well as Rocket League. Uh, throughout the years, I think we did three years of partnership. Uh, we've been world champion on Rocket League and so on. So I was kind of managing this partnership as well. Um, and then we switched from uh, Renault to Alpine. And it's a completely different brand. Alpine is selling like premium cars. Um, that are moving to EV very soon as well. Um, we need more brand awareness, but we have obviously less marketing fund than Renault Sport back in the days. We, we're not a family brand, we're more premium. So I had to repitch the, the full new strategy to Alpine because at the time it says like we have to get out of, of the deal with Team Vitality uh, because it didn't make sense in terms mm -hmm. of uh, positioning and we didn't have like the funds at the time. So. I I told the management and the different new people that came on board like we need to be in sports. Um, this is they, it would make, wouldn't make sense for Alpine not to be there. So uh, we're gonna create something that drive value for the brand, but they also drive additional revenues as well. And so that's how I pitched them the idea to create Alpine Sports. Uh, and uh, now we we are three people in in the team in in Enstone. We have you know eight partners in one year. We just finished the Alpine Sports Series powered by Binance, and it's you know uh, three hundred thousand viewers mm, uh, after after year two. Um, so yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool environment. So how did how did Alpine react when you first went to them and said, "I, I think this could be a strategy. I think esports is is a space that we should move into." Did did anybody say, mm, "Not so sure," or, or did everybody see the the value straight away? I had to presented to, I think, three different marketing directors at the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> because they kept on like changing directors or, or management. So I had to pitch it like with arguments and, you know, business arguments and mm -hmm. changing the way. Everyone thinks it's really cool. Uh, but, you know, they if they have to make a decision between having a new website or having an e-sport team, right. they're going to be like, okay, we need to sell cars, so we mm -hmm. probably need to have a new website. So I pitched them the idea, like, unlock the funds now, we finance it, and then I make sure it runs by itself. And so that's how I got them to approve it. Uh, but we always, always, we, we you know, uh, people that are more older than, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. let's say, in their, their 50s, um, it's always um, we are, we need to de demystify sports, and you know tell them that you know in sim racing it's not only the sixteen years old kids playing Fortnite. Right. It's actually people my age, your age, people yeah. older as well that enjoy racing, 
and not only on track but also on simulators and that's that's a wider range of like people in terms of demographics and also in terms of income and buying power as well so that's that's how i pitch them pitch it to them you know, let's say well it's i mean it's an incredible success story for the entrepreneur you've heard of the term entrepreneur versus entrepreneur mm. so you know coming up with some kind of uh, innovative concept within an organization that already exists and it's difficult to do right because you have to you have to manage the expectations of the way it's always been done and you have to challenge that and that's kind of the the art of being an entrepreneur and this is an incredible success story and as well as the esports team you've got all sorts of other roles here um, at Alpine especially with the, the partnerships that you have to you have to manage but this is sim sunday so i want to focus on the esports team specifically now, a lot of people are building esports teams, especially in, in sim racing, um, but most of them will be doing it from scratch, right? So they come up with their own brand and their own you know, color schemes and logos and how they want to come across and, and what they want their, their, their USP to be. But you built a team within a brand that already exists, right? So how did you harness that brand and respect it, more importantly, when you were building esports into Alpine? I think we... The more the more we talk about Alpine Sport, the more we frame its positioning. Uh, we want obviously we got like the the Alpine brand, which is like fantastic to, you know, drive engagement and and you know uh, drive partnerships as well. So it's really helpful. Um, we 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 have the fantastic series of, you know, F one, uh, endurance racing. Uh, Alpine Cup, the Alpine GT4 car as well. We got the real cars, and so we we can drive the virtual cars in sim games and perform as well through this. So that's the first part um, that is quite important. Then we have like the F1 expertise. So we have you know the one one of the best engineers in the world, one of the best designers in the world, one of the best you know graphic designers in the world. So that's massively helpful for us to do cool things. So basically we want Alpine eSport to be the, that kind of cool part of um, of Alpine basically. So we're using all these assets to um, implement what we can in the eSport team and make, make it very successful. So tell us about the moving parts of running Alpine eSports team, right? So you've got, everyone knows that you have drivers and mm-hmm. then some people might assume, okay, well you've got you and then you've got the drivers and then between you, you just go to events and you do your best. But I know, and you know, there's a lot more to it. So tell us what it's like, like yeah. on a day-to-day basis, running an esports team. Who's doing what? So basically, what we're doing here in Enstone, we got like three people in the team, may basically managing like the business side of things. So how we onboard partners, how we, when do we communicate, how do we you know, push the content out there, how do we onboard new partners, new brand, how we drive value for Alpine through the strategy of Alpine Sports. Then we have a partnership with a sim organization called Race Clutch, and they're based in France, in Limoges. And uh, this is the entity that is directly constructing the drivers, training them. They have looked like a strong expert. He's been like world champion many times in WRC Sports as well. Um, and they are around 15 people over there. Um, they are the drivers, they are um, the academy drivers as well. We have a couple of staff people that are like, you know, race engineers, you know, strategists as well that are part of the team in there, over there. 
we have um, the person that used to be the number two of the powertrain in VE that's helping us with uh, the setup and the data management of some of things. <laughs> okay, so hang on, sorry. <laughs> so, you, so you have a real-life powertrain engineer yeah. working on setups in sim racing for your sim racing drivers. Yeah, exactly. He's also working on other topics related to uh, Alpine Brown and so on, but he's also involved on uh, what are the best software together, like data, and then how to implement the best setup in the game. I mean, uh, that's 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 incredible because I think I think a lot of people would probably assume that the there's too many differences maybe in in how setups in sim racing are applied versus how they are in real world because simulators are just that right they're trying to simulate reality but yeah. it's difficult to get it absolutely spot on and it's almost like a craft in itself isn't it building a sim racing setup but yeah. having that background knowledge from that incredible place of experience is uh i have to admit i'm, I'm surprised i think that's i think that's uh i think that's awesome but it, it, it kind of leads me to my next question which is how interlinked is the esports team with the other departments at Alpine? So, like for example, your drivers, yeah, do they get any benefit from Alpine driving for Alpine as esports drivers? Like, do, do I mean, do Ocon and Alonso get involved? Uh, they get involved sometimes. Like for instance, we did a um, sort of marketing event in uh, in Paris uh, at the beginning of the year with Esteban. Uh, we went to Esport Paris, which is just next to Le Louvre in Paris. And they have like a massive, you know, gaming space and a couple of our simulators over there. So we made a live Twitch called the Alpine Sport Challenge. And so the winner of like that challenge could face Esteban Ocon one-to-one uh, live on Twitch. Uh, so Esteban is loving like sim racing as well. And early this year, we participated to uh, Le Mans Virtual, uh, 24 hour of Le Mans Virtual with uh, Fernando Alonso. Uh, so he was like our real driver, uh, FIA license driver in that series uh, with us. So they are they are very involved. Oscar Piastri is also like involved in content with us. So uh, it's interlinked, but also like we're using the same graphic designers as Formula One. So the people that are doing the design of the real Alpine F1 team livery are the ones that are helping us with deliveries on That's eSports. Awesome. Um, and also, uh, you know, on strategy, we're using some some of the people that are doing the strategy in real F1 to help us, like on topics on uh, the esports, uh, the F1 esports series. But sometimes they call us. They say, "Oh, we're we're racing in um, in Jeddah, um, you know, this weekend, but um, the the circuit is available in game." Mm -hmm. We never raced over there as a Formula One team and we don't have it in our big simulator. So they said, like, can we send us like a couple of like questionnaires to the F1 sport drivers so they can tell us how is it to how is how is it in the game actually easy to overtake? Um, what are their feelings on the corners, how the how is the race pace, what they think of like different tires. So that's sometimes it's the Formula One teams that is coming to us for help. That um, that that's kind of mind blowing because I, I I kind of assume that the F one team might kind of feed some tips and hints to the to the esports team. I never ever imagined that the esports team would be giving advice to the F one team, but it, it makes sense, right? If they've never yep. been on the real life track, but it's been built in the game, then there's a certain amount of insights that you can get. But how do the how do you saying that the real life the the guys who design the liveries for the real cars are getting involved with the liveries for 
they're esports cars. Um, how do they react when they get you know when they get asked to do this sort of thing? Do, is it is it kind of a you know a bit of a side project that they'd rather do without, or or if people getting you know behind this this esports concept? They love it, man. Um, <laughs> so when we did like the Alpine Sports Series powered by Binance, like we had like one livery per partner, and I had the um, head of graphic design calling me and saying. You guys are, my guys are like doing too much of your liveries because they're <laughs> spending too much time having fun on your liveries that some other project like are slowing down. So they, they love it, man. They, they really love like doing liveries for us. And it's like also there's no like physics uh, restrictions, you know, adding weights on the car or yeah. something. And it's, it's open to creativity. It gets shared all over social media. So it's amazing for them. So you just touched on it. The uh, you did the esports tournament, the um, the Alpine F1 esports series powered by Binance. How how do you go about choosing the brands that you align your events to? So so it's uh, so you got two different competitions. The F1 esports series, which is like the the competition we participate as a team uh, in. So all the Formula One teams are competing together on that one, and it's on the Formula One game. Um, but we organized yeah, a competition on Assetto Corsa Competizione. It's called the Alpine Esports Series powered by Binance. And it's with the Alpine GT4 car. So um, how do we pick our partners on this? Um, in general, our partners are not only partner of one championship, the partner of Alpine Esports um, overall. So um, we have a couple of like B2C Browns and B2B Browns, uh, but they all somehow help uh, Alpine Sport to grow. Um, some of the projects, for example, like that we do with Shamir, so they do optical lenses and they are actually helping us designing and creating lenses, optical lenses for our drivers to gain performance. So it's around less eye fatigue and enhancing contour and anything that can drive performance because I... when you do sim racing, a sometimes racing for six, eight hours. And so we had one of our drivers doing Le Mans Virtual driving during the night and they had to design specific lenses for night night time and for driving six hours, a long stunt. This this was like a really cool project as well. And coming from uh, such a great company that does optical lenses and we had a full team coming from Israel into our offices to help design lenses for sim racers. How cool is that? That's it's incredible. You know what I was just thinking as you were saying that because the, the fact that you have somebody coming in to design lenses for your drivers to help them with fatigue when they're sim racing either during the day for long periods or, or overnight it baffles me. But actually, having now just wandered around the factory, it doesn't surprise me. Because I, I mentioned to you when you, I think we were walking past one of the fabrication warehouses and there, were, there was all the, the cutters and the water cutters and stuff. And I was like, and then you said that this is the gearbox room and this is the that room and this is the room that does this, that and the other. And it was all tiny, tiny co- like parts of the car had whole teams around them. So every element of winning a race, whether it be, you know, the strategy when we went into the strategy, the operations room, and that was massive with all these screens and sort of the buttons where you can talk to the drivers so I was fanboying over a little bit um you know th- there's huge amounts of moving parts that go into one person sat in a car going fast so actually it doesn't surprise me that you know the same amount of attention to detail is going into the 
esports team. And it's kind of encouraging, right, for esports mm-hmm. generally and for sim racing. It's encouraging that this amount of investment and, and attention to detail and, you know, care is going into performance in sim racing. Yeah, I know uh, it's it's really like we try to replicate what F1 has built up. So it's a couple of departments that are the best in the world at what they're doing. And so that's a combination of all of this that makes a Formula One car fast. It's the same in esports. So we we are really focused on implementing that vision and that way of working into uh, sim racing. And that's that's what we do. We we also have a partnership with Philips Hue Lights. You know all the connected cool lights mm-hmm. that you can yeah, buy yeah. Uh, anywhere, like and in any distributors in England. Um, they are helping us with uh, lights for when the drivers are driving. So focusedness like cool lights as well around the simulator, oh but also lighting <laughs> at home. So kind of like relax more like environment mm-hmm. to get, you know, fill up your batteries for uh, next uh, next big <laughs> event. So they are helping us with this. And also it makes wonderful pictures. Yeah, as well. I was so, about to say it, but it yeah. looks flipping cool, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it's all around like how we drive performance like with our partners because we're not the expert of optical lenses, let's face it. So yeah. we need support from uh, brands and, and that's how they get involved as well. It's not just putting a logo on a shirt or uh-huh. on a virtual car. It's actually how they can also drive this um, talk about their brand mm-hmm. in a different way, in a more interesting way as well, which is around sim racing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is this is this is this is so encouraging for sim racing because I think I used the term earlier when I was talking about the designers. Like, it's a bit of a side project, but I think anybody listening to this podcast will now, if not before, understand that, especially Alpine, are not seeing esports as a side project. The amount of of as I keep saying, attention to detail that's going into this is is incredible. So, once you've built your team and you've you've got your drivers um, and you've 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 got your setups and your, all your strategy and you know you're practicing and you you've, you're pulling in all these different elements of the Alpine family into esports and you, now you've got a competitive package, right? How do you choose which events that you're going to compete at? Because there's thousands, right? Tens of thousands of events, all the way from little community leagues that you'd find on Plug, Gridfinder, um, as well as, you know, <laughs> the big, massive leagues, um, that the, the international ones that, that everybody watches on, on YouTube. So how do you decide where do we want to deploy our efforts? So for us, there's there are limitations, but also like we've, we've been just like one year in, so we want to consolidate what we're doing. So we're doing the 24-hour of Le Mans Virtual, we're doing the F1 Esports Series and we're doing our own championship. We're now looking at expanding all, all of these competitions as a team to be like more present everywhere in sim racing. But the 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 idea is to consolidate first what we're doing. Um, but then like when we're looking at events, it's we can only drive Alpine cars. Yes. So yeah. that's our limitation compared to Red Bull Racing mm-hmm. or... Uh, Williams Esports, they can drive whatever car they want. Yeah, we we don't have a GT3 car as of today as Alpine, so we can't join GT3 competitions as of today. As of today, <laughs> uh, but we are we have a GT4 car, so we can join GT4 competition. We can join like one seater competitions as well, uh, prototype racing competitions. So. You might see us joining a few competitions, where, including one-seater 
yeah. uh, driver. Was, what about uh, concept cars though? Because you know you can you don't have to have a manufactured GT3 car in order to go and race GT3 cars in games, right? Is there there must be a there must be a, a kind of a desire to come up with some kind of GT3 concept car that you could race in these competitions? Yeah, exactly. So that's something we we're discussing with the Alpine brand team to make sure that we can race in multiple competitions, but. It's it's always long conversations because it's you, you, you're directly talking to the Alpine brand uh, and the whole, the whole strategy of the brand. So, but uh, stay assured, we we're working on these kind of things. Yeah, I I, I am assured. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I want to talk branding, but just briefly, right? Because then I want to fanboy over what it's like to be in the paddock. But branding, so. What I've learned today about the esports team, I think is quite new to me, the, the amount of detail that you go into, right? How do you try and get across to fans of the, of the, the Alpine esports teams? How do you get across to them what makes Alpine different? Because, you know, I've spoken to other sim racing teams and they're very dedicated, very devoted to what they do and they put in the hours and they love it, they, but they don't have the same infrastructure that you have. So you, surely... There must be an element here of having to be a little bit careful about how you come across in the sim racing community, right? How do you try and put forward your brand and how, how do you try and differentiate Alpine as, as we belong here, but we're different? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we're different because we backed up, we, we make race, real racing cars so you can find our cars in every game. Um, but we we tend to try to communicate through uh, physical events. We've been to Insomnia this year. Uh, we're looking at doing more things with, you know, here's our, here are our, our simulator, here's an F1 truck car, here's an Alpine car, come to our stand, speak to our people, and let's have a chat. Um, we're also doing, like, a couple of series behind the scenes, like, that are talking about, like, all the performance preparation that goes behind the scenes with our F1 drive, F1 eSport driver, sorry. Uh, we're using, you know, no tracking technology uh, as well to train them. Sorry, you're using what? No tracking technology, so <laughs> cognitive technology. So basically, you, you're going, you're having. We we have professionals of sports and that are working with different athletes in in the world. Uh, so basically, it's a couple of like tests where you're you're wearing three uh, D glasses, um, and you have to follow like five to six balls on a, on a screen that are moving at the same time. And then you have to tell where the balls are, and it move. It's moving quicker uh, every 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 time you 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 provide a good answer. And so at the end you have a score. Um, and what we do is to how we train our drivers to follow different information on the screen at the same time, and how efficient and quick they are with it. Uh, so, yes. Sorry, I just, I just love how casually you said that, that, oh, of course we use neural tracking, kind of in the same tone that somebody might say, oh, yeah, of course we, uh, we buy gloves for our drivers, you know, so they've got gloves. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course we do neural tracking. It's, you know, that's to be expected. <laughs> I, I love that, that, that that's, that's the level that you're at, right? Yeah, exactly. So we, we, we to come back to your first question, we, we do that YouTube series uh, called The Conquest. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really to showcase like, what goes into the preparation of these drivers. It's both to talk to the sim racing community and show this is what we're doing, this is what we want to implement. We want to have like professional structures for drivers that want to live out of out of um, eSport, basically. Mm -hmm. 
but it's also to raise awareness on people that just think it's like massive geeks that are uh, you know eating crisps in their basements <laughs> and drinking energy drink it's just not how it is like it's professional people that are trying to um, drive performance in an industry that is like really growing quickly and how does that just to go back to the drivers i suppose how how does this enormous amount of commitment that they have to put into this team how does that conflict with things like school so for example i you know i I listen to a lot of f1 podcasts so a lot of people know that um most of the drivers went through karting from a very young age and and they had to balance school and karting. in fact jem hepworth was on our podcast Mm -hmm. a couple of episodes ago and she said the same thing that you know she would take huge amounts of time out of school because she was going to practice at the the, uh, uh, karting like on a thursday or a friday or whatever it sounds like esports is now at that similar level where you might find young talents at you know 11 12 years old and they need to come to certain events. They need to practice. How do you how do you manage that balance? So our our official drivers are full time esports. So they get like salary out of it, and it's really enough to live. Um, and so that's their new job. They need to attend marketing events. They need to train six to eight hours a day. Um, we make it something sustainable. We have partnership with universities as well. Uh, so we we can have like specific programs for them uh, in France, uh, but you know um, they they have we have also like a, a driving instructor, so they it's helping them to get their driving license as oh, well. Oh, their real world driving license. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but um, in our academy, we got like a couple of drivers that are like sixteen years old and still studying, and yeah. uh, it's it's quite interesting to balance the two, but. We 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 clearly wanting to help them to have a career in sports uh, and in the know, real world <laughs> and in and in the and in the real world as well. But their experience in sports will allow them as well to have a career in 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 the real world after that. So, so let's talk about the the overlap then between sim racing and real racing. So, is there any conscious effort to kind of expose real racing opportunities to your sim racers? Yeah, that's that's what we work on, and we have like wonderful facilities and um, way of doing it. You know, the winner of the Alpine Sport Series powered by Binance had the you know have the opportunity then to drive a real Alpine GT4 car that's on awesome. track. So it's something that we can do because we have the cars, we have the track, we have the competitions. Um, who knows? Maybe in the future we will say like you get like a chance to drive an Alpine GT4 car for a season. <laughs> so that's yeah. um, I mean. I mean, Guillaume, that is impressive. But did you know that we've been reaching out to our sim racers to offer them a drive in our uh, our Ford Ka? Ford Ka. Our Ford Ka. You know, oh, you know the little 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 cool. round bubbly car. Oh, cool! Yeah. So yeah. obviously, you know, it's not quite a Ford Ka, but I imagine yeah, they appreciate the effort that you're putting in to get yeah. them into a GT4 yeah, car. Yeah, but exactly. maybe one day you could you could invest in it in a, so, in a Ford Ka, right? But we we you know we have uh, we have other like driving experiences. We have other like you know we have the simulator in the loop in and stone as well. Uh, that's quite different as well than a normal simulator. So we we're looking at these crossovers, uh, but sometimes you know drivers. Well, everyone is thinking that sim racer they only want to have a car in motorsport. After mm-hmm. it's quite untrue. Uh, we have people that is done like F four, F three, and now that are coming back to esports, right. yeah, yeah, and prefer to live out of like creating content on sim racing and 
and they're probably earning more, more money than they would in yeah, F3. Yeah. So it's a not, downside cheaper. Not everyone is wanting to do much sport in real life. There's like fantastic people like James Baldwin that are, mm. you know, allowed to be very good in both like areas. I think he's been trialing to the 24 hour of spa or something yeah. like this and just won the Alpini Sport Series as well. So there's people that can do two, uh, people that just want to go to motorsport and esports is a way of doing it. But there's people that have been to motorsport and now are coming back to esports because that's something they like to do, but it's quite less expensive and <laughs> right. sometimes less more secure, let's say. <laughs> so Alpine presumably has several simulators that Alonso and Ocon will use before um, before going to a certain track, right, so they can practice. And, and those yeah. simulators are very different okay so you've got different models going in that are attuned more to the real cars mm-hmm. is there any room for your sim racers to go and help with that setup or or kind of you know help test or get lap times in or is there any is there any um, overlap there yeah i think for now what we've been looking at is like consolidating our team we're only like one one year and a half in uh, but that's definitely something we're looking at and how esport drivers can you know, help setting up a car for a race weekend, for instance, because that what we saw like uh, when we did the virtual 24-hour of Le Mans is that esport drivers would take different trajectories, would take different paths on, on a track that um, real driver would never use because they they would think that it's less efficient mm-hmm. because or more dangerous or or will damage the car because the, that corner specifically will like used to yeah. damage the car in the in the past which actually they they tried this new pass in real life on le mans the real le mans mm-hmm. and, it, and it ended up being quicker so sometimes it's it's good to have like vision from esport drivers uh to help driving faster on track i love this two-way relationship i think a lot of people will assume that it would be very one way so you know sim racing is up and coming it's the it's the little brother that's coming into the motorsport space and i think a lot of people would expect that it's real racing leaning down and helping up sim racing but it sounds like there's there's a bit of both which is which is awesome um i want to move on very quickly um to what it's like spending time at the track as part of the alpine team now i know that you're going to have a thousand things to do right so perhaps you're not sat having a beer watching the race all the time but what's it like when you're at the track what's your what's your your day-to-day on a friday saturday sunday at a racetrack i'd say it's uh talking 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 (laughs) um (laughs) not and listening as well but um so basically i i do esports for alpine but i also do sponsorships so it's how you you talk to these like you know c-level executive brands that want to come to um f1 and so you spend your time talking about f1 talking about like uh how you can make business together how you can create like a relevant partnership as well so a lot of the time is sitting down having a coffee talking about like business showing why it's important for that brand to be part of f1 and how they could be mm. part of f1 sometimes you talk numbers and that's mm. that's quite interesting um, <laughs> yeah, I <bet>. so you, <laughs> you i meet a lot with like brands that want to invest in formula one wants to be partner of the team um then you take the opportunity to meet with other teams as well um especially on f1 esports series talk about the future of the series and so on meet with Formula One on different projects, including the F1 Esports Series, for instance. It's also meeting with current partners, there are also esports partners. Uh, so talking about like the series, what we've done, how we can improve, 
uh, how giving them ideas about activations in F1. Um, and it's a lot of walking, so you get <laughs> you get twenty thousand to twenty five thousand steps a day. Right. Uh, y- yeah. Sometimes you 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 don't eat because you have no time. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's an in- interesting. It's really eventful. It's really nice. And uh, but you sometimes you don't have to. The first day on Friday. I I didn't watch any any practice. Right, you heard a lot, but you didn't necessarily see any. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, uh, one of our you know prospective partners told me like, so how did you do? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I was speaking to the guys from Track Racer yesterday, and they were saying exactly the same thing. I said, how was the race? And they're like, no, I definitely. You know, they were just meeting to meeting to meeting. So. This is a good problem to have, though. I think a lot of people would love to be busy with meetings inside the F1 paddock, right? You must there, there must be a moment where you're like, you know what? Actually, this is okay. It's not the worst job ever. No, I bet. I bet. I've got, I have absolutely no sympathy for you whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to move on because um, we haven't got very long left. And something on your LinkedIn profile actually stood out to me um, as something quite exciting that I wanted to get your insight on. So... As part of this role, you're responsible for employing Web3, blockchain, and NFTs at Alpine. What does that look like? So basically, I think it started last year when uh, one of the person that was advising us on esports like came up with like, oh, I have this relationship with this blockchain game, uh, and we want to do NFTs. I was like, what are NFTs? Okay, <laughs> I have a look because. Um, uh, you know, I've got a couple of cryptos just on my, um, you know, personal life investment or something like this. And I got interested into it. And I'm seeing like there are a lot of like synergies between gaming, esports and blockchain because um, that I couldn't explain that on the podcast. I think we would do no, need to do a don't. full other podcast. <laughs> please, but please don't. Basically, we started to uh, create this project of creating like an Alpine car, especially designed by an independent designer into a game uh, on the blockchain. And so we made five cars like with specific liveries and that would be like legendary car on the racing game mm-hmm. on the blockchain. And so you have to buy it with like cryptocurrency. And this is like a digital asset basically. And so people that were buying cars then just race this car on a video game on the blockchain so they can win cryptocurrency. Right. With that car. And they can resell the car after, like, to someone else. So we sold five cars for $400,000. What? <laughs> and we were like, whoa, that's crazy. And, and and we talked to actually people that invested in these cars, and they are saying, like, you know, I invest in this car, but this car is going to make me, like, $10,000 mm-hmm. every month. And I'm like, wow, okay. That's, that's, that's the crazy. purpose of it. So there's a lot of, like, synergies with it, and that's how we... We got also like a brand like Binance on board. You know, this uh, this brand is like the fastest, one of the fastest growing brand in the world, and with like insane income as well, uh, coming from trading fees of, mm-hmm. on their platform, and they're providing so many new things. And so we decided to um, launch our fan tokens with them. So the Alpine fan token, and you can buy, trade this token, and use this token to purchase nfts and new experiences and so on so it's all about like new digital engagement and they we use this token as a cash price for our alpine sports series and thus that's how many we managed to put like a hundred thousand dollars worth of fan tokens uh for our series and 
and that's that's really cool achievement and um that's how we we use also the series and to educate on nfts what are nfts mm -hmm. what are fan yeah. tokens what are cryptocurrencies and so i think it's also part of our role as like uh, a motorsport organization to educate on these matters in a fun way yeah, and I mean, you must be at the the very leading edge of this because it's you know NFTs are, I was going to say new, but maybe not new. They've been around a few years, but I think there's a lot of a lot of education that has to go on around these before your average sim racer will engage with it. Is that something that that you're seeing as a challenge? Oh yeah, if you think esport convincing about having an esport team was uh, difficult, <laughs> I think the, that that was the easy part, mate. <laughs> um, I'm now talking about to people about like digital assets and people <laughs> buying that to sell it, to implement it. Uh -huh. they are, it's, it's a full on education to make because, uh, yeah, you know, this is... Uh, <laughs> I've just got this vision of you just wandering around the Alpine, like C-suite offices, just like a bit of a, like a double glazing salesman, just like, this is going to change the world. This is this is the future, <laughs> just with your briefcase, pulling out NFTs and cryptocurrencies. It, yeah, yeah, but when you... It sounds like when, a challenge. When you put numbers and reasons behind it, people, um, you know, oh, of course. But uh, the... the the funny part is that after they need me, so I don't I don't have much time to sleep because they're like, we should do that, we should do that. What about this? And like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm doing three jobs at the moment, so please slow down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you might have just answered this next question, but looking around at this place and what you do and the role that you've got, a lot of people would say this is this is incredible, right? You've you've got it absolutely made, but there must be tough parts. What's the toughest part? Of this role what's the bit that you look forward to the least um please don't say podcasts administrative work uh there's a lot of admin behind the scenes there's a lot of like purchase order there's a lot of like uh, legal contract set mm -hmm. up this is like really time consuming but it's really important as well so yeah, yeah. i know you know it doesn't matter what you're doing you you have this like difficult part, um, but uh, you know we we have a growing team as well, and uh, a team that does like incredible work as well. They're really passionate about what we do, so uh, it is a, a bit like that. Uh, that issue is an administrative work because when you're spending your time, you know, um, you know, doing podcast strategy, talking to the drivers, mm -hmm. esports drivers, talking to brands in wanting to invest. You don't have much time to do re reports. <laughs> to catch up on the emails, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, with that in mind, with that in mind, we'll 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 wrap up. I've got one more question for you. So, have you set yourself any goals at Alpine? Is there anything that you personally want to achieve while you're here? So, um, I'd say you know a few years ago was like I want to uh, set up the first partner on the Formula One car coming directly from me. Um, I've done that, uh, so now it's uh, I want to do more and more partnership. I want to grow the sport team. I want to uh, make sure my my team is uh, really happy and enjoying what they're doing. Uh, I, I see, see Matthew, his head. Matthew in the room, like who's working with me, shaking his head. No, no, no. <laughs> you still got some work to do uh, on yeah, that one. Exactly, apparently <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so just growing, continue to create things, build new things cool things as well for the bronze. Uh, it's just a matter of doing cool things and doing for the fans as well, doing for the partners, doing for you know, the team that work with me. And uh, and yeah, we'll see where, where, where it will take us. But um, hopefully, I always say good things happen to good people. So 
It's up to. Nice. Well, Guillaume, thank you so much for your time because after this podcast, I've got a greater insight of how precious your time is. So thank you for giving me the tour of the factory. It was incredible. I'll never forget it. And thanks for your time on this podcast. It's, thanks, been, it's been great. Take care. We'll catch up soon. Cheers. Hey, this is Chris from GridFinder. Thanks for listening to the Sim Sundays podcast. Head on over to gridfinder.com to find your spot on the grid and join Sim Racing Leagues for all your favorite games. Just enter your preferred game, car of choice, then let us know if you'd like to race PC, Xbox, or PlayStation, and we'll give you a list of actively recruiting leagues for you to join. And if you're a league owner, post your league on GridFinder so that you run with a full grid for every race. If you'd like to participate in the races featured in each episode of the Sim Sundays podcast, join our Discord server by going to gridfinder.com discord. We host a new car and track combo every Sunday at 8 p.m. UK time and stream it live to our YouTube channel. Thanks for being here.